Welcome to Holy Salkow. In this episode, I want to talk about a controversial topic in figure skating, and that is eating and eating disorders. Oh, there's so much to say on this topic, and I, I want to be honest, and I don't want to tread so lightly that I'm just talking around the edges. So if you have a skater and you're listening to this and you're dealing with this, maybe personally, maybe listen to this first before you listen with your skater. This is really for a parent. So from our experience, there are many, many kids in this sport that are dealing with body issues, eating problems, and eating disorders. And that really should not come as a surprise. You can read a lot of articles on this. Um, many of the famous skaters have talked about it openly, which is really good. And you will see that it is definitely a problem and an issue in this sport. And let me tell you why. So there is what's known as a flight weight which a lot of skaters would say, oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. And that's the ideal weight to be able to pull off triple jumps, double axles, and probably even in low, a lower weight for quad jumps. This is not just for girls. This is both in men's and women's figure skating, but for sure gets way more attention in the women's world. But men have the same issues. So generally what happens is skaters will, when they're tiny, this isn't much of an issue, but it can be. So there are heavier, younger kids and they, you know, as your kid grows, they kind of change. They, you know, they kind of get a little wider and then they grow up, you know, they get a little bit taller and they get wider and they grow up. And never do you think that you would be looking at it as closely as if you're in this sport as a parent you will be looking at it. I, I hate to say it, but it is true. And you're going to be probably less than helpful to your skater. And also the coaching team is probably going to be trying to be helpful, but it is really hard to get kids to think about nutrition and health, you know, when they're so little. And then as they're going through a very difficult uh, transition, because you remember what I talked about with jumps, is, you know, your body changes and then they're harder. So you're dealing with that and you're trying to get thinner or smaller so that you can do the jumps so the jumps that were once easy are now difficult. And we can see that with a lot of skaters. Uh, the, the happens with the Russian skaters. It's happening right in you know the USFSA with current skaters right now. They start growing and they get bigger and they weigh more. And it's kind of a, it, it takes a while for the body to get to where it's going to be. But it's certainly in this sport going to be manipulated outside of where it probably wants to be. And so from our experience, you'd see kids kind of do kind of like a cycle, meaning when you start going into official competition season, you know, during the summer, late summer, and then regional sectionals, if, if you're a higher level skater and maybe, you know, the junior senior ranks and competing internationally and at the very competitive level, then 
yeah, you the whole junior grand preseason or the senior grand preseason, you're in tip top shape. So you're at your lowest weight, your ideal weight to land all your jumps because it makes it easier to get through the program, which is super long, and to pull off six, seven, eight jumps in the program. So the kids will begin to eat less. And it can be quite alarming. And, uh, you know, nobody really talks about it, but I've heard about it. And I know what they'll start to do is like just drink coffee and have maybe one small meal a day or live off an apple and, you know, God forbid, no cheese and a piece of toast and just keep drinking coffee, keep drinking coffee, maybe take even diuretics so that you can lose the excess water weight to make it easier to get through these programs and more consistently land these jumps. This is something that a teenage skater or 11, 12 year old preteen would probably consider doing if they're desperate enough to try to fit in and get these jumps. And so part of it is fitting in, but also part of it is I need to get these jumps and I need to maintain these jumps. And the only way I can do that is I gotta be small. So you, I remember we were kind of having this issue and we were like, what are we going to do? And so we, uh, our coach started a food journal that, you know, she was, our daughter was supposed to keep track of what she was eating. And it's a good idea. You know, uh, we uh, try to meet with a nutritionist that did not help because we didn't meet with someone who was specific to figure skating. And you really kind of do need to meet with somebody who knows what kind of food a skater should eat to be healthy and maintain the muscle and the you know ability to train at that level but also really low calorie right let's just not beat around the bush here this is not a situation where if you're competitively skating that you're going to be going to Starbucks and getting a frappuccino that's it needs to be a lot smarter than that go to Starbucks and maybe you'll get a skinny latte and maybe only one of them and a small one at that. But you're certainly not going to be, um, you know, eating unhealthy foods, which is really, really hard. Eating clean. I think I remember there was an interview Gracie Gold gave right before she went to the Olympics about eating clean. She's like, well, you know, it's a lightweight sport and you really have got to, you know, eat right in order to be able to pull off the tricks and she is right and it is very very challenging for families it's a super sensitive topic so what I would recommend is that if you do have a kid in skating and you're going to be competitive and you want to go down that road that you start having these conversations early and start providing your child with the healthy eating habits. And I don't know if that really comes best from a parent. I think that comes best from a professional nutritionist, honestly, because parents are skewed, coaches are skewed. And so I would say that you need to invest in finding somebody who can set the meal plans and what's acceptable and you know what's not, what do they need, what don't they need, how many calories are they burning, what do they need to replace, what protein levels should they have so that they don't get injured, 
all of this is a lot more scientific than, you know, um, just following some low-cal diet on, from the internet. We did not do that. We should have done that. We, can, we knew we kind of needed to do that, but we didn't do that. But I will say that even so, your child, nonetheless, is going to be at risk for having body issues, probably for the rest of their lives. Most skaters I know do have those. Even into college, um, after college, it's kind of a lifelong thing. And I think that just comes from being in a sport that is, you know, they're in a tiny little dress wearing almost nothing. Having to do super difficult jumps where you have to be in tip-top shape with the you know leanest amount of body fat possible. Same as gymnastics, or you know maybe same as swimming, or diving, or any you know any you know highly athletic sport. You're you're gonna have this issue, and so if you as a parent can kind of get out of that and like have somebody else that really knows what they're doing, because honestly you just don't unless you're some, you know, you're a, <laughs> you're a dietitian as a parent. I, I think it's best to start young and have somebody else manage that. And it shouldn't be a coach and it, and it shouldn't be a parent because it's such a sensitive topic. It needs to be somebody who really knows what kids need or what an athlete needs. And I think that would avoid some of the issues I also want to talk, this is also kind of controversial, but body types are genetic and can and are inherited, right? And so like, I'm a very short person and I'm very compact and stocky and that does not always lend itself well to skating. And so, you know, our child definitely had a chance to be built like me. She's a bit taller and thinner than I am, but, um, you you don't get to choose that. Your skater doesn't get to choose that. So, you know, if they have, you know, very little flexibility or they don't, you know, or they have certain things that make it harder for them to jump, you know, the hips, you remember I talked about wide hip or open hips that like allow the, the feet to um, completely open or closed hips or, you know, even shoulder flexibility or just the makeup of their body. Where do they carry their weight? Do they carry it all up top? Do they carry it all on the bottom? Is it nice and evenly perfect? I mean, for little kids, it generally is, or more so than it is when they get to their teen years. And so um, different body types have an easier time. It doesn't mean that the other ones can't do the hard tricks. It just means that it's easier for some uh, body types than others. So it should be recognized and it should be, you know, thought about like, okay, you know, here's what we're going to be dealing with. And so, you know, again, meet with a professional, you're going to see it. You can't get away from it. Don't try to ignore it because it's everywhere. So, um, best of luck. Some of the resources, uh, Rachel Flat, former U.S. figure skater, um, USF, USFSA, uh, national champion and um, Olympic. She didn't win an Olympic medal, but now she does a lot of work in this area. She has a great podcast about this and some information that I think would be helpful. Also, uh, Gracie Gold is doing a lot in this area, Ashley Wagner. So um, definitely there are resources out there that I think all young skaters should be looking to 
to help them. And even for the male skaters, definitely an issue. Adam Rapon talks about it openly. Um, Johnny Weir talks about it openly. So um, look to some of the other famous skaters to help. I hope this was helpful and honest. And best of luck in your figure skating journey. Until next time. Mm.